Hello everyone and welcome back to another installment of Misery Loves Comedy. My name is Carly J and thank you again for coming and listening to me. Now I know I kind of had a funnier podcast uh, last week about icks if you haven't heard it yet. It's uh, more about like turnoffs and stuff and I'm still accepting icks and things like that um, because I feel like I want to do a part two. So please feel free to send me those in, um, on any platform that you'd like. Um, this podcast is going to be a little bit more serious, and I feel like almost every single one of us can relate, which is why I wanted to get into it. And this is about the five stages of grief. And with those five stages of grief, there are many parts to that. Um, grieving can be the thing that is happening when somebody is still alive you could lose them in your life yeah they're still alive but losing someone whether it be a best friend a partner you know somebody you've just grown away from uh, somebody who you thought you were going to be like lifelong friends and then all of a sudden they disappear um that can be something that you can grieve over and then it goes hand in hand with grieving somebody who is passed away and is no longer with us in this world and those are things that I really wanted to touch on and I'm not sure if everybody knows the five stages of grief um and I guess I'll just give you a little rundown is a denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance So I talked to a couple of people and I just wanted to kind of get into it on what these mean and, you know, how you can kind of push through sometimes because grieving is hard. But one thing I think is really important is that you can't grieve forever. Someone might not come back into your life, whether they be alive. And obviously if they're passed away, they can't come back, but you kind of have to accept And that's one of those uh, stages of grief. Um, You know, you just kind of have to accept that. So with all that being said, uh, let's get into the five stages of grief. So just to get started, I found a really great post from my friend Mara on Facebook, who has recently become sober and just had a whole new revelation in life. She's just so clear-headed and has just started over. And her post said, Lately, I find myself grieving a lot, grieving the people and the friends I've lost over the years, grieving who I knew myself to be and the life I used to live, grieving parts of myself I never thought I'd let go of, parts of myself I know caused myself and others pain, but I love those parts because I was comfortable in them. This new life I'm living, I feel like a small child. We're learning everything in and around me. I am raw and so vulnerable. In any moment, I could just break down. Not knowing that the Honda Civic I'm test driving is about to send me into a spiral of grief and sadness. Sadness I didn't realize I still carried inside of me. Ugh, it's so beautiful. Having the curtains pulled back just in the perfect moment to shine some light in on some more brokenness that I carry within. It's truly a gift to bear witness and be a part of this unveiling of self. Yes, it hurts, but the pain of growing and letting go, releasing what was never meant to stay to make room for what has always meant to be.
And I really resonated with that a lot because I forgot to mention that you can also grieve losing yourself. And that's not always a negative thing. You can grieve losing the old you, you know, the bad things that you have done in your life, or maybe you've struggled with addiction, or you haven't been a good friend, or even been a good person. You know, sometimes there's times to let that go. You have an epiphany and you realize that's not who you want to be anymore. And I think that with these five stages of grief, you can absolutely apply that to losing yourself and finding the new you. Not losing yourself completely, but I guess just grieving the parts that you no longer want to be a part of your new life. So Mara, I really appreciate um, you sharing that passage with me. And now I would like to get into the five stages of grief. And I guess we will start with um, denial. So with all of those, I also wanted to discuss the coping skills for each of these stages. Um, And for coping with grief, um, the things that I found was one, it won't feel like this forever. Um, Part of people say is understanding it's coming up. Try to find support. Take care of yourself. So if you feel like an anniversary is coming up or you feel like you're really just hitting rock bottom, you know, it won't feel like this forever. Another is remember you can handle it even when you feel like you can't. We really are strong, resilient people, and a lot of people don't realize that about themselves, but this won't last forever. This pain just does not last forever. We learn about our capacity to handle things by moving through them, and I really respect that. Also, be gentle with yourself. Grief is exhausting. You need to be able to give yourself some grace. You know, take time to nap, take time for your hygiene, eat some good foods, drink water, you know, take care of yourself. And then another thing that I found interesting was that it says to think in cycles, not lines. If you feel like you're in a mood where you're only going to be good to just feel bad again, it's a sign you're maybe relapsing or getting worse into that denial stage so sometimes people go down the street and just cry but they can have a calming feeling you just have to remember that the things aren't gonna last forever and again those feelings are normal the pain of grief is very hard to tolerate but the more you deal with it and the more you allow yourself to feel the easier it can be Everybody has their own loss and their own story, whether it be with someone alive or no longer in our actual life. You know, it can be hard. And it does have a meaning. Don't ever forget that. Grief has a meaning. You have a right to feel the way that you feel. And you're not alone. There's so many people out there that feel the same as you do. They haven't experienced the exact same thing. But trust me, there's people out there that feel exactly what you're feeling. So starting with denial, and remember, I'm no therapist, psychologist, psychiatrist. I just kind of 
read around and, and say what I have to say. So uh, denial is a feeling numb. It's really common in the early days after a bereavement or a loss. Some people at first carry on as if nothing has happened. Even if we know with our heads that someone has died or no longer a part of our life, it can be hard to believe that someone important is not coming back. It's also very common to feel the presence of someone who has died or even hear their voices sometimes. Now, this is focused more on um, people who have passed, but I like to, again, add it to people who are no longer in our lives. It can feel really hard sometimes, and when, you know, maybe you have a fight with somebody and you immediately just say, okay, fine, bye, never talking to you again, or they say, hey, I'm never talking to you again, and, you know, in a heated moment, you're just like, whatever, okay, I don't care if we talk anymore, bye, get out of my life, but you know, you're denying that in a while, for a while. You think, oh, I don't need this person. This person doesn't matter. But kind of, can't you think? It's kind of a denial. This person was someone who's a part of your life and somebody who's important in your life and now they're just gone. And it's easy to just kind of brush that to the side. I truly feel that. But, you know, who knows? Maybe in the long run, you really do want them in your life. And then when it comes to yourself, sometimes with denial, um, you don't want to believe that you were a bad person or doing bad things and brush it off your shoulder. No, that's fine. Like, oh, you know, I broke girl code or I broke guy code or, you know, oh, I stole and, you know, whatever. These are just random things off the top of my head. But, you know, you're in denial about that person that you were. And you're not willing to accept the fact that maybe that's not the best person as to who you wanted to be. So a little bit about the um, characteristics of denial is uh, feeling numb or shocked, confused and disoriented, shutting down and not being able to process your emotions, forgetting about the loss, Avoiding reminders of the loss, sleeping more than usual, procrastinating, staying busy all the time to avoid thinking about the loss, focusing on the needs of others instead of your own, thinking or saying, I'm fine, everything's fine. And sometimes that can even lead to using substance abuse like alcohol or drugs. Um, and those are the, those are some serious things, you know, so I just wanted to give a rundown of what a lot of the symptoms and stuff could look like for each of these uh, stages, so just bear with me. So to get into the kind of aspects of how to overcome some of that denial is think about why you're afraid to face the problem. Consider the consequences of not dealing with the problem because if you deny, 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 you know the problems only get worse. The more you push away the problems, it's like a beach ball. You can shove it down, you can shove it down, but eventually it's just going to come back up. And with that, you know, you can always try talking to a close friend or a loved one who may be able to offer some honest and objective perspective. Someone who's seeing it from the outside, not just from your perspective and can maybe give you a little bit of insight. 
And the last thing would be to work on identifying the distorted thoughts that you might have that are contributing to your anxiety. As I said, anxiety breeds in the future. Depression breeds in the past. And if you're constantly thinking about the things you could have done, could have done, could have done, like that's that's almost just an anxiety-ridden thing. You know, you can't change the future. You can control the future by the decisions that you make, but you know, you can't change the past. So keep that in mind, you know. You have to deal with it. Sometimes that acceptance is really hard, but the more you deny the problem, the worse that it's going to get. The next one we're getting into is anger. And it does say anger is a completely natural emotion and a very natural emotion after somebody dies or leaves your life. Death can seem cruel and unfair And someone leaving your life can seem cruel and unfair. And you wanting to change your life or needing to change your life can kind of seem cruel and unfair. You know, especially when you had plans for the future, whether that be with the person who had passed, your own future plans, or your friends. And it's also really common to feel angry towards the person who has left your life. Or even be angry with yourself, thinking... Why do I have to change? You know? And with these situations, I can totally understand. I've been angry a lot of the time. Some people are angry because they think, what could I have done to to save this person? What more could I have done? Now I'm angry at myself. I feel like it's more angry at yourself sometimes too. Or you're angry at the person. Why did you leave me? You know, why did you have to go? And coming into people that are still in your lives, you know, that anger is, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. They're in the wrong. What what did I do? You know, I'm mad at them. I'm mad at them. But, you know, maybe think how the tables have turned. Maybe they're feeling some anger towards you as well. You know, anger really is a part of, of losing somebody because you're upset that somebody has been a part of your life for so long and you had these plans and now they're gone. And now what do you do? And with yourself, maybe you had all these plans. You wanted to go to festivals. You wanted to travel the world. You know, you wanted to do this, this, and that. But, you know, sometimes things change. And that can be really frustrating. I remember when my cousin died. You know, I was very angry. Very angry, you know. We all wanted her to get help. We all wanted her to to get sober and clean and... You know, we did the best that we could. And when she passed, we were all just so fucking angry because what could we have done? What more could we have done? But in reality, you can't do anything. It's their choice in the end. And this is just me speaking from somebody who has had family members pass away from addiction. But, you know, in cases like that, you know, sometimes there's just not much that you can do. Sorry to uh, put that kind of down on a loner note but you know just remember a lot of the times things aren't always your fault people do drift away from each other um and sometimes the decisions that they make in life are ultimately not the best ones and you do end up losing them and it sucks when they're very important people to you now to follow up on some things that could hopefully help you with the stage of anger is 
allowing yourself to feel the loss. You know, find an emotionally safe place, either with a friend or whatever, to allow yourself to cry about the loss and just let yourself out because anger can root from hurt and sadness. Another thing is recognize your underlying feelings. Um, Feelings of sadness can be overwhelmed and, like I said, they can be turned into irritability and anger. So it's important to address those things. And finally, don't ignore those feelings. Don't ignore that anger because, like I said with the beach ball, suppressing those feelings, they're going to come out even worse. So you need to allow yourself to find a space to feel angry before it escalates to aggression. You know, you have to find ways to express yourself, whether that be verbally, through art, journaling, poetry, reading, whatever. Um, you know, explore explore different perspectives, you know, get a different person's point of view. Maybe you can understand your own feelings based off of what other people have to say. And another thing would just be work on changing your cycle. Your cycle of your thoughts, you know, your thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to behaviors and behaviors circle back to your thoughts, which can be anger. Maybe you can intercept one of those cycles and change your view of the situation and change your behavior. So maybe you can get a different outcome instead of just being so angry. Now, the characteristics of anger would be frustration, impatience, irritability, rage, resentment, loss of control, pessimism, and cynicism. Um, you know, examples like no one understands, they deserve to pay, I want revenge, I'm to blame for this, or someone's to blame for this, why is this happening to me? Um, being short-tempered, um, even could go as far as self-harm, verbal or physical abuse, neglecting personal hygiene, and again, using substances. These are all things that can really follow under that anger part of five stages of grief. And another side comment, I had recently talked to someone who had lost her boyfriend in high school due to a drug overdose and, you know, she really felt guilty. She had a lot of guilt because she felt like, what could she do to prevent him from from overdosing? What could she do to save him? And things like that. And she grieves about that um, very, very often. And one thing we came to the conclusion is... Like I said, everybody makes their own choices and everybody makes their own decisions. Um, I know that this um, podcast is about like three totally different things, but I'm just trying to, you know, connect all of the types of grief and loss, whether they be alive, past, or with yourself. So if any of these things resonate with you, just take that. And if they don't, then just skip it. But You know, everybody grieves in their own way and everybody has different emotions and they can go through the five stages in no particular order. Um, But that's just how it works sometimes. So thanks for being patient with my rambling. The next one we get into is bargaining. When we are in pain, it's sometimes hard to accept that there's nothing we can do to change things. Bargaining is when we start to make deals with ourselves or perhaps with God, if we're religious, 
We want to believe that if we act in particular ways, we will feel better. It's also common to find ourselves going over and over things that happened in the past and asking a lot of what-if questions, wishing we could go back and change things in the hopes that they could have turned out differently. Now, I kind of connect that with anger a little bit, you know, like, what could I have done? What could things have changed? But with bargaining, it's a really toss-up sometimes, you know? That's looking into the past. And one thing that I have um, discovered is that anxiety breeds in the future. Depression breeds in the past. So the next one is depression, but when you're bargaining and thinking of the things that you could have done differently in the past, you have to remember that those are not things that can be changed. You know, those are things that have already happened. So those are things that you have to accept and hopefully you can try and move on from that. But that bargaining skill is something that rarely, rarely goes away. So the bargaining stages of grief are feeling guilty or ashamed of your thoughts or actions, feeling scared, insecure, or anxious, uh, ruminating over what could have been, holding yourself responsible for the circumstances, punishing yourself, worrying and overthinking things, judging yourself and others, making comparisons to other circumstances that could have happened, trying to predict the future and assuming the worst, wishing or praying for a different outcome, and again, thinking or saying, what if, or only if I had, or if I do this, then. You know, those are some examples of thoughts you might have during those grieving stages. Now, to deal with some of the coping with bargaining There were some things that said, uh, normalize bargaining in grief. It's a way for people to hang on to hope, which is what many people need when they're grieving. It can decrease over time because acceptance starts to really sink in. Also, give yourself time. With time, your pain will likely become more manageable, and the idea of accepting circumstances outside of your control may become more tolerable. For some people, I mean, grief really can remain extremely challenging, even years after a loss. And that's totally understandable. If you're not experiencing any relief, it's advisable to uh, probably talk to somebody, which I am a total advocate. You know, if you're losing somebody, regardless whether they be alive or passed away, I really do feel like it's important for you to be able to talk to somebody because going through loss and grief is extremely difficult to do by yourself. Another thing is like to write down your feelings, you know, it can be really relieving to just get all of those thoughts out on a piece of paper. It's not like you have to share them with anyone. It's, it's your thing, but in that try to avoid ruminating over negative thoughts. You know, a good way to cope during this stage is to get a perspective and have emotional distance from some of these thoughts instead of just ruminating on them all the time. You know, it can be really helpful to share those thoughts, whether it be journaling or even with a loved one. You know, you can shift your focus on on some things. You know, you can't control everything, but... There are some things you can control. You can control your thoughts 
for the most part, you can control your emotions because only you can make yourself feel a certain way. Of course, with loss, you know, of course that hurts, but you are in control of your own emotions. And as I said before, you know, get help if you need it, because truly, truly, it is very beneficial. And don't be embarrassed to talk to somebody. Everybody needs someone to talk to. There's in-person therapists, there's online therapists, Zoom. You don't even have to talk to somebody face-to-face. You can do it on, on a computer. You know, there's always a way to reach out and get help when you need it. So I highly recommend that. The next one that I have is depression. And we all know what that can mean. It is sadness and longing um, of what we think of most often. And that's usually when it comes to grief. It's a very intense pain and it comes in waves over many months, years, even a lifetime. It can feel like life no longer holds a meaning which can actually be pretty scary. And I'm sure a lot of us know what that feels like, but, you know, the stages of that is feeling sad, empty, or numb, overwhelmed by requirements of your life, despair, hopelessness, crying, sleeping, or staying in bed all day, Um, thinking that others will not understand your loss, believing that your grief will overwhelm others, withdrawing from people and feeling tired and low on energy. I must say just for a comment for myself that when you withdraw yourself from people, they do notice and people really do care about you. Um, Thinking that others will not understand your loss, I can get that 100% because this was your person, whether they are past or leaving your life because you're just going two separate ways. Some people really just don't understand that. Um, Feeling overwhelmed by the requirements of daily life, I get that too, but I will add, you know, try and take care of yourself. Your self-hygiene is important, you know, you can't lay in bed all day. The tiredness, the sleepiness, it's totally, totally, totally understandable. But sometimes you just have to push yourself because the person that you've lost or the person that's no longer in your life, they would want you to do better. And even for yourself, you're feeling depressed and you're trying to change who you are. That's not who you want to be. You don't want to be a depressed person. You want to get out. You want to go and you want to be better and change yourself. You're losing the old you to become a better version of you. So just try and take care of yourself and give yourself some grace. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to be sad. But you have to know that you have to come out of it at some point. And then when it comes to coping, you know, just a lot of the other things we talked about. Accept support. If you need it, then go get some help. Don't avoid your emotions. Write them down. Talk to somebody. You know, you need somebody to talk to or even journaling. Just get those emotions out. Um... Again, seek help if you need it. Another one here, it says, perform a meaningful ritual. Rituals can help you process and understand the loss and can actually help you accept it a little bit more to know that this person is gone, but you are honoring their life. Some people write letters or have a gravesite set up, or even when it's somebody who is still in your life, you know, you can get rid of their things in a happy manner or give them back to them and just know, hey, I'm letting you go and that's okay. 
the final one and I know we've all been looking forward to is acceptance. Grief comes in waves and it can feel like nothing will ever be right again. But gradually, most people find that the pain eases and it is possible to accept what's happened. We may never get over it, the death or losing someone or even losing ourselves because those are precious people to us. We're precious to ourselves, but we can learn to live again while we keep the memories of those alive who we have lost close to us. You can keep the memory alive and all of the memories that you had with the person who is no longer your friend or no longer in your life. You still have those positive memories. You still have all of those things. And when someone who's passed away, again, you have all of those positive memories and all of those great things. And with yourself, it could be maybe the opposite. You are taking, letting go of all of those negative things in your life and changing it. So that's accepting the fact that that's not who you want to be anymore and you're changing to who you want to become. And acceptance is the most important part because without all those other stages, you know, we have to go through so much to finally get to this acceptance stage, but it is possible. Like I said, life may never be the same, but you have to navigate. The world is going to continue. The life is going to keep going on. The world is going to keep spinning. And we have to accept the fact that whether we're losing people, we're always going to find somebody else. There's always going to be people that come back into our lives. And you never know what type of impact that they can make on it. And so with that, I'll leave you with it. I just want you all to remember that grief and loss is 100% a part of life. And it happens, whether it be good, whether it be bad. You know, there's some people you need in your life and there's some people you don't. And sometimes it's good to let them go. And sometimes it's hard to let the ones that you want in your life. It's hard to let them go. But just remember, it's just a bad day. It's not a bad life. Things do get better. My name's Carly J. And I really hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and I cannot wait to give you some more insight later. Thanks for listening. Bye.